Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everybody, Tim McMaster here, along with Thomas Harding, our MLB.com Rockies reporter, who is on the backfields down in Arizona, checking out some stuff on a beautiful, windy day, so we can hear the wind coming through. Thomas, it's not as beautiful in New York as we are getting ready for about 10 inches of snow tomorrow, but we will battle on here with the podcast, and I want to start with uh, the news that Nolan Arenado wants to kind of hold off at this point on contract extension discussions now that we're this far into spring training. He doesn't want it to be any sort of a distraction for the team, which makes sense. Obviously, the team, I'm sure, would love to continue to have conversations, but what does this mean big picture for Arenado and the Rockies? Well, I think big picture, it means just what Arenado said that, you know, they don't want this to be a distraction going into the season. And I had talked to Nolan at the start of spring training where he said, yeah, he was open to it as long as it wasn't too close to the season. And then um, later on I talked a little bit with, with Jeff Breidich, the general manager, and his point was they'll talk at any time, but if it's not comfortable for the player, they don't mind him saying, hey, let's not do it now. They want to do basically what works for their team right now. I mean, yeah, the extension, if, if they can sign him to one, obviously it solidifies the Rockies' future at third base and certainly in the middle of the lineup for a long time. But there is a 2018 season to play and one that the Rockies feel very good about. So so I think it was more mutual. Even when Nolan said it, he's like, that's what everyone wants, is to go on ahead and get the season going. So that's what they're going to do. Um, I don't expect it to be a huge distraction, to be honest with you. I mean, there are two years um, until he's eligible for free agency. And frankly, really all you can control at this stage, because the Rockies control his contract at that time, is trying to figure out a way to win as many games and possibly win some kind of championship within those two years. Um, if they want to do something beforehand, that's fine. Um, if they don't want to do something, that that's also good. I mean, you look at Nolan Arenado, and when he does come up for free agency, you're looking at a guy who, depending on the conditions in the game by that time, could certainly be up for a mega contract, uh, one of the big ones. I mean, obviously next year, you've got the, it's the Bryce Harper year, then the Nolan Arenado year. I mean, so 
if he wants to do that and maximize his earning power, I don't. I, I, I wouldn't begrudge him that at all. And DJ LeMayhew and Charlie Blackman are obviously going to be free agents before Arenado is, and they've kind of uh, expressed the same thing, that they don't want to be a distraction on the team this spring here throughout the season as well. Uh, Blackman hitting his first home run of the spring on Monday. Do you think how things turn out with those two guys next offseason will have any impact on Arenado in two years? The way I see it is this. If this team is in position to win, that will have some impact. If it isn't, that will have impact. Um, when I look at this this roster here, the fact that they're working in some very good young players, I mean, there is a chance that even if they say goodbye to players by a free agency like so far they have with Carlos Gonzalez and Mark Reynolds, if they still put a good team on the field, I think that will be a factor. Um, I don't know that that will be the chief factor because – yeah, a lot of dollars end up on the table when a guy is eligible for free agency, and sometimes that becomes a factor, and I don't begrudge that at all. Um, now, if, if he sees this team falling apart and um, doesn't want to be kind of the one attraction on a team that's bad, then I could see that playing into it. But the, the way that this team is set up, They've got that bullpen set for the next three years. Um, they've got the starting rotation where I think no one turns a free agent until after that bullpen, after those three bullpen contracts are done. So this team should be able to pitch. If the guys continue to grow as you would expect them to, they should be able to pitch. So no matter what happens with some of the other positions, this team could be still in position to win. All right, let's talk about this team on the field now. That's enough of the contract stuff. And one guy that has been just a one of the real exciting things about this spring so far, Thomas, has been Mike Talkman uh, tearing it up. Here's a guy that kind of worked his way slowly through the minor leagues, was a 10th-round pick event uh, initially, 27 years old. Uh, hitting 364, he's slashing this spring, 364, 481, 682. He's got a homer, a couple of doubles, a triple. Um, he's played great in the outfield as well. Here's a guy that I don't think was really that much on the radar heading into the spring. Where does he stand now as far as trying to find a way onto this roster? Well, Kaufman has never been a prospect. He came up a couple of times last season, was a key pinch runner for them because of his speed. And when they played that one-game playoff in Phoenix, he was on the roster for that and got to play in that game. I mean, we're talking about a guy that has worked hard. He's a, a physical um, guy. He runs well. He's learned to hit with some power, and I think that's why you didn't hear a lot about him was the power didn't show up until last season. But he's definitely a workable part on this team. Now, when we're sitting here on March 6th, you don't know exactly what's going to happen the rest of the spring. And, you know, a lot of times guys will get off to a good start. Then things will, uh, then things will kind of level off later. But whether he's on the roster or not at the start of the season, this is a usable part for the Rockies. And, and um, he has some of the skills that they like. I mean, if, if you think about it, if you have some power, that means even if you're not starting, you can run into a ball late in a game and win a ball game. If you have speed, you can go first to third, first to home, second to home. So, those things will help, help you win ball games. So they look at Mike Talkman as the type of guy that can make a difference in that respect. So you have a guy like Talkman who is playing great, hitting the ball great, looking good in the field, and then David Dahl finally getting things going. Tough start for Dahl, 0 for 15 to open up the spring, but he homered on Friday and Saturday. Uh, he's got to be feeling a little more confident now. Uh, no doubt about it, although I thought the confidence was there. I remember I did a story um, not long ago, you could probably find it in our archives, where, when he was 0 for 10, and he understood that by missing so much time last year, um, the timing 
his timing is back in the batter's box with his swing and everything else. But what wasn't there was the pitch recognition. Like he could recognize a curveball or or a slider or a uh, or or a, or a uh, split finger. But what he couldn't recognize at that point, he couldn't anticipate how far it was going to move. And he thought once he got that together, then he would be a you know he would be a productive player. This is a guy who's hit at every level of the minor leagues. And when he came up in 2016, he hit uh, 315 with seven homers in just 63 games. I mean. This is a guy who could be an impact bat. Now, can he work his way into that Rockies lineup? There are a lot of outfielders here, and there are a lot of moving parts. We don't know how that's going to work out, but he's a guy that you expect to have impact. And from what I've seen of him, he's healthy now. He had that rib injury last year. Um, he's a little bit more muscular this year and and and, and should be better. There's There's nothing that's holding him back right now. He could make a huge difference for this team because he can hit for some power. Last week on the podcast, we went through a lot of the starting pitchers on this team and how they kind of gotten off to starts for the spring. We're getting ready to start. One guy we actually didn't talk about was the number one guy, and that's John Gray. He's been out twice now, and on Sunday, not bad, three innings pitch, four hits, an earned run. He didn't walk anyone. He struck out two. How is he feeling at this point, Thomas, as we inch closer to opening day? I'll tell you what, he's one of the guys that I would be – most excited about as a as someone watching the Rockies because it's not just that um, it's not just that he's working himself in the game shape he's also working on adjustments to make himself less predictable and that was one of the things that he and I have talked about several times this spring that um, sometimes if he's dominating early in an outing he becomes predictable and he loses it a bit he's worked on that. I mean, that game against the Angels, he really liked it because he's faced them twice. He hasn't faced anyone in the division. So, for him, it was, hey, it's good to face guys I haven't seen. I mean, I've, I've watched uh, – he was talking about, you know, Mike Trout and Albert Pujols. He's like, I've never faced those guys before. I've seen them for years, so it was, it was fun for him. But um, a couple of things that he worked on, he um, worked on his times when there's runners on base, meaning how quickly he released the ball to home plate. He varied that, really did it extreme in, in Sunday's game against the Angels. And he also made a little – he's playing with a change to his windup. If you watch him, uh, his windup is, almost looks like a normal um, stretch delivery, meaning he is, uh, his left shoulder is facing home plate. He actually turned to where um, the chest is facing the plate, and he threw a few pitches like that felt a little bit out of whack. Now, there's a possibility that the Rockies, especially if he's going to face a team that they'll face early in the regular season, and especially a, a division opponent, what, what they may do is say, okay, if you're going to do that, let's put you in a B game so no one else sees this. So he's really working to – people know the fastball. They know the slider. He's worked on a curveball that's gotten better. There's, there's a changeup he's working on. But also, if he can take – um, some of the adjustments that he's making and add those to his strengths, you could see re- him really take off. And also, hitters have to learn a different John Gray than they've learned the last uh, two-plus seasons. Yeah, and that could be scary for hitters for sure. One injury thing to ask you about, Jeff Hoffman, scratch from Sunday's start. Do you have an update on how he's feeling? Uh, yeah, it, they don't think this is a bad one. Um, they're going to really just back him off, and there's a pro- probably be 
seven to ten days before you see him in a spring training game. Now, there's a possibility that there may not be enough time for him to make the opening day roster, the opening day rotation, and I know he has wanted that, but who knows what will happen in seven to ten days because there could be more issues, and, and if he comes back and everything is fine and he's able to, um, he's able to really pick up, not just pick up where he left off, but but find some things with his fastball, then who knows? He could be in that rotation to open the season. But the way it looks right now, I would have to doubt that because um, after sitting for a while and he gets back out there, say, March uh, 17th or 18th, it may not be enough time to build up the innings and show that he's ready for the starting rotation at the start of the regular season. All right, great stuff, Thomas. Enjoy the uh, backfields down there in Arizona. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Rockies edition. For Thomas Hardy, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.